When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to hear some true ghost stories, real monster sightings, and the occasional creepypasta? Welcome. This is the Darkness Prevails podcast, and if you answered yes to the previous question, you've come to the right place. This is the audio library of the Darkness Prevails YouTube channel. Now, lock the door and light some candles. This night will be dark. Werewolves are on the prowl. This world is a strange one. Werewolves are honestly the scariest monster to me. Whether you believe or you don't, just the thought of a wolf, nomadic man's natural enemy, standing with the body of a human, it scares the hell out of me. Plus, all those creepy werewolf films like Dog Soldiers, Ginger Snaps, and American Werewolf in London, they don't really help keep those nightmares at bay. Number one. So, Werewolf tonight, at the to door. make sure those nightmares never end, so I have you. five Crazy real Casey. werewolf attacks. That's right. People attacked or chased by werewolves to live have in an their old run-down house on the edge of some suburbs near Houston, Texas. I don't even think I'm ready for this ancient, one. as well as oddly stay built tuned after for the stories, for the, the discussion also question. the laundry room, which also Grab had the front door connected folks. to it. The back door was on the second story, because the place sat in the middle of a steep hill. Yeah, none of it really made much sense to me, but it was home for the whole of my childhood. That back door, though, it freaked me out. The fact that it was on the second story made it so creepy. If someone broke in up there, they'd only be yards away from my bedroom door. Not to mention its foggy window pane and the big weird flap that was cut out of the bottom of the door. It looked like a doggy door that one of the previous owners had cut into it. We, of course, nailed it into place, since we don't have any pets ourselves. I must have been five years old when we moved in. It was pretty uneventful. When I wasn't at school, I was at home helping my mom and dad unpack boxes. It's insane how many boxes a person can fill with their personal items they've gathered over the years. Multiply that with each person living in our house, and you have the literal 40-hour work week of unboxing that the three of us had to do. A month in, everything looked great. It was finally starting to feel like home. But I direly missed our old house. I had friends back there. One night, after settling in bed for some well-needed rest, I heard something strange. It was a bumping sound, very subtle and without a pattern. Bump, 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 bump. I couldn't exactly tell where it was coming from, and I don't think it was coming from my room. I wasn't really creeped out at the moment, just curious, so I got out of my bed and put on my loafers. The house was absolutely freezing. My dad loved to take the thermostat down to 66 at night. He must have been a snowman. I opened my bedroom door, which led into the upstairs hallway. To my left was a spare bedroom and a utility closet. 
and to my right was the upstairs outside door as we began to call it. Bump, bump. This time, I heard it more clearly. It was much louder than before. I turned to my right. Bump. The upstairs outside door shook a little. Bump, bump. Every time the noise came, the door shook. It was like someone was outside, hitting the door. Hello? I called out. I don't know why I said anything at all. I can only assume that part of me was hoping someone was simply knocking, and part of me wanted to say something so that my parents may have heard me and come running upstairs. Bump, bump, bump. This time, fear began to settle in. I jumped with each bumping noise, with each shake of the door. I started to back up into my room. Then it was deathly quiet. I couldn't help but stop. The bumping had ceased. I waited for a few minutes. Still, the noise did not return. The night was quiet again. My heart froze when the shadow appeared beyond the faded glass of the door. Someone had just stood up, as if they were on their knees and suddenly decided to stand at attention. They padded at the door. I could hear nails click and clack on the wood. And then I smiled with relief. It was a dog. I could see its ears, and the movement and click-clack of nails was the distinct sound of a dog jumping up and scratching at a door. It must have been the neighbor's animal. Or maybe, it was used to using the doggy door with the previous owners. I calmly walked back to bed and went to sleep. Now, this happened every night, and at the same time for the next week. I think it occurred around midnight, and the bumping would start. It would always wake me up, but it started to become soothing, knowing that it was just a lonely dog who probably missed its former residence. Maybe a week after that night, something horrifying happened. The bumping came as it usually did. It woke me up and I tried to go back to sleep, but this time I heard a different noise. At first there was the usual bump, but it was followed by a cracking sound. Then came the scraping. It was extremely loud. I definitely couldn't go back to sleep with this noise. I got up and walked into the hallway. I flicked on the light switch that was right next to the outside of my bedroom door. I screamed at the top of my lungs. Writing this out, my body is covered in goosebumps and tears are welling up in my eyes. I know it may sound unbelievable, but the very reason I'm sharing this story is not for the sake of attention or to scare people. You should all know of the things that are out there. Just because you're human, just because you're an American citizen in the middle of the suburbs, doesn't mean that something terrifying and hungry doesn't have its eyes on you. What I saw that night will terrify me for the rest of my life. Believe me or not, whatever makes you sleep better at night, the flap to that doggy door lay in the floor, torn from its hinges. The nails that we had placed in it were scattered on the hardwood. A mass of jet black fur and snarling yellow teeth tore at the doggy door. Some creature, some animal, was trying to get inside. Then it looked up at me staying still for a moment just to lock its eyes with mine. It looked like a dog, except its head was twice the size of a German Shepherd's. This was definitely no dog. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. Then, it suddenly went back to wrestling itself through the little door, biting and snapping in my direction. I could feel saliva land on my ankles from the creature's maw. 
At this point, I was taken aback, walking slowly backward away from that door. I believed without a doubt that this was either a massive wolf or bear trying to enter my home. The moment I saw its claws, I knew it couldn't have been either of those. It, it had fingers, long, reaching fingers with grotesque nails on the tips. They were somehow even yellower than its pointed teeth. They scraped at the floor, shaving up pieces of wood as it tried to force its way in. I continued to scream. I couldn't speak tangible words. My whole body shivered. Jesus, fuck, I heard my dad's voice. He was a few steps from the door on the staircase. He must have been running up the stairs when he saw it. Casey, get over here, he yelled at me. I shook my head. The staircase started where the upstairs door was. Once you reached the top of the stairs, you could turn that doorknob and walk out. I was not going that close to the thing. J just stay there. I'm coming to you. He grabbed at the railing and scooted his way up the steps. As soon as he was at his closest point to the wild beast, it looked up at him and with angry eyes pulled away. My father took the chance. He ran to me, and we both watched the now still and quiet door together. The thing outside, and I'm not joking, it stood up. We watched as a blurry, dark silhouette towered over the door. It stood for a moment, then walked away. After a few moments, my dad took me to his room and told me to stay with my mother, who was sitting up very confused in bed. He ran around the house, checking the doors and windows to make sure they were locked. He got his rifle, and we all stayed up in bed, waiting and listening. Nothing else happened that night, and my dad looked pale as a ghost. I never heard the bumping again. My parents decided to replace the door altogether. They even applied a deadbolt. Yet, ever since that night, my father acted strange, worried, even a bit guilty, Eventually, I asked him what was bugging him, and he finally told me. That night, when I checked the locks and the doors and windows, he gulped and sighed before he continued. The upstairs outside door was unlocked. Number 2 Werewolf in the Fields Submitted by Who's Fraba. I was one of those people that always commented or replied to other people's paranormal experiences with that's bullcrap or there's no way that's real. I don't know if this experience was karma or if I was just unlucky. This moment will terrify me forever. This happened in the summer of 2013. I was living in Nebraska just before I shipped off to college in Iowa. Exciting, right? A couple of friends and I had taken up a new pastime that consisted of us walking through my neighbor's cornfields. He didn't know about it. If he did, I'm sure he would have politely asked us to stop messing around in his fields. Well, we weren't really hurting anything, just walking, talking, or sitting and looking up at the stars. It was all a good time. One of these nights, though, we finally got caught. We had been sitting dead center in one of the fields, talking about our planned majors and how required courses suck ass when we were hit by a sudden, bright light. You boys really shouldn't be out here. It was my neighbor. Rudy was his name. It's way 
past dark, you're going to get yourselves hurt. Or worse. He clicked the light off, and my vision slowly came back. The three of us stared at him for a moment. He didn't look pissed like we figured he would be. He looked, I don't know, worried? Paranoid? There was something so off about him, it really freaked me out. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I stood up immediately and spoke as respectfully as I could. It's just so beautiful and quiet out here. Yep, it is. But we aren't alone out here. The fuck did he just say? I could hear the other two stand up behind me. That's when I noticed he was carrying a gun. Now, this was Nebraska. Every farmer had a gun. So that didn't really freak us out, but it didn't make the weird situation seem any better. You kids really need to get out of here. I've had to shoot at someone or something out here the past few nights. Whatever it was, was extremely tall. That was the moment I assumed he was drunk. Drunk with a gun. I nodded and apologized again, beckoning my friends to get the hell out of here ASAP. Drunk or not, that guy freaked me the hell out. What kind of animal problem did he have? Coyotes? Bears? Mountain lions? What did he mean it was tall? Still, that didn't keep us away. Call us stupid. But we went back the very next night. We didn't go back to the same exact spot. And we definitely made sure to tread softly. I didn't want Rudy to see us and scare us away again. I was going off to college in a couple of months. I really didn't have much of a regard for getting in any legal trouble. I had been accepted, and I already scheduled my classes. As long as I wasn't planning a jewel heist, I didn't think trespassing would be too bad. Besides, again, we weren't hurting anything. This time, the three of us just decided to walk. Andrew, Jacob, and I walked through the cornstalks slowly, talking about some existential stuff. Snap. We heard something crunch behind us. Now, this was even freakier than it sounds. The cornfield Rudy kept was extremely well-maintained and spaced out. The only thing that could possibly snap out here would be the cornstalks themselves. That means that someone was out there with us, and it wasn't Rudy or one of us. None of us would be absent-minded enough to break the cornstalks. I've got to say, this isn't one of those moments in a story where the person hears a snap or a crunch behind them and assumes it's nothing. This had to be someone. We all turned toward the noise. Jacob whispered, Did you hear that? I scanned the field for the telltale silhouette of another person. It was deathly still and quiet. Someone or something was ducking below the cornstalks to hide from us. Again, it wasn't windy either. There must have been someone out there besides us that snapped that stalk. The three of us began to walk backward, vigilant in the direction of that noise. For several minutes, we didn't hear anything. That is, until the sound of something growling came from behind us. Whatever it was had circled us without us seeing or hearing it. Jesus! Andrew jumped away from the growl. We all turned. We still couldn't see anything in front of us. But that snarling sounded close. Too close. Guys, come on. We need to get out of here. Andrew was beginning to panic. And I don't blame him. My heart was pounding in my chest. But somehow, we stood our ground, now glancing in every direction. There was no telling where the next sound would come from. What the fuck? Jacob shouted damn near my ear. I looked toward him, only to see his eyes wide, staring at something. I followed his gaze and saw it, too. A far too tall, 
Pitch black silhouette stood only a few meters ahead of us. I swear to God, the thing must have been seven feet tall. Yellow eyes opened wide and beamed at us. The growling came again, directly from the muzzle of this creature. Its fur was so dark, it was difficult to make out details of it. But I could see a snout, like a dog's, and teeth shone under its curled lips. The thing was too slender to be a bear, and it seemed to be standing with ease. As soon as I came to from shock, I saw that Jacob and Andrew had long since took off away from the cornfields back to the main road that led back home. My only thought at that moment was, I'm fucked. I ran as fast as I could. I've heard countless times before not to run from a predator, that it triggers its instincts. I believe that completely now, because I could hear stalks snapping behind me, the cracking sound getting closer no matter how fast I ran. Finally, in one piece, I broke through the edge of the cornfield only to run right into Jacob, who apparently had the balls to wait for me. He must have been yelling for me, but my ears were pulsating with the beating of my heart. We picked ourselves up and ran along the road. Eventually, we caught up to Andrew, who was busy catching his breath. What the hell, man? You just left us back there. I yelled at him. I've never wanted to punch anyone more than at that moment. I glanced behind me. We weren't being followed. At least, I don't think we were. The cornfield was long behind us. There wouldn't be many places to hide if something had decided to chase us down. We walked home, shaking, sweating. The guys spent the night at my house. They were both understandably too afraid to drive home alone. The next morning, when the sun was blindingly bright, we headed back to that cornfield. There were no tracks in the dirt where the thing had been, and you could even see our shoe prints in the soil. But I knew that that creature had been there, because all the stalks from that animal running after me had been turned over and broken. I hadn't broken a single one the previous night. I don't know what had chased us, but I can't help but wonder... What might have happened to me if my foot had been caught on one of the corn stalks? This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Number three, Horrific Werewolf Sighting. Submitted by Scared to Death. Back in the day, 
I used to run four-wheeler trails out at my grandma's place. She had dozens of old trails and a few acres behind her home. It was absolutely wild driving my Polaris through there, especially after it rained or on full moon nights. When the moon was full, you could see everything, and driving at night was always fun. Now, I know it sounds cheesy, but I highly doubt the full moon had anything to do with this story. I just had to say it because that's one of my favorite times to ride, and it happened to be a full moon the night this happened. I was driving down a stretch of trail that's sort of out in the open. To my right was a steep ditch that led into the woods, but to my left there was a field encircled by a barbed wire fence. I was driving down this trail, just enjoying the breeze. I closed my eyes for a moment. Never close your eyes while driving anything. In that second, I ran into something on the road, and I heard this deep, guttural whining, like a huge dog had just gotten hurt. I was jolted back to reality. I slowed down for a moment and looked behind me to see what it was that I hit. This huge mass of black fur was just pulling itself back up. I thought to myself, holy crap, I just hit a bear. I was about to floor it out of there, but I was paralyzed as I watched the animal stand up. It towered over me sitting on the four-wheeler by at least three feet. Before I could even assume it was a black bear, its skinny, muscular frame said otherwise. Its snout was way too long, and was at that moment my mind said, werewolf. I pushed on the gas and flew out of there. I looked behind me, and the beast was chasing after me. Luckily, I was slowly getting ahead of it. When I finally lost track of it, I was only more scared. I had no idea where it might have been. It could have popped up anywhere at any time. I was jumping off that Polaris before it even stopped under the awning. I ran inside my grandma's house and stayed up watching TV all night. I wasn't really watching, but I was just hoping that there was nothing looking in at me through those big windows. Number 4. Werewolf Attack Submitted by W.T. Fudge I recently moved up north. I'd rather not say where. I will tell you that it snows every other day there. The snow is rarely ever catastrophic unless there's a blizzard. So long as you've got a decent weatherized truck, you can still get around. Toward the end of 2015, a blizzard did come through. It wasn't anything record-breaking, but it was enough to trap me inside my home for about a week. God, what a week that was. That week started fine. I was ready for a bit of a vacation. Obviously, I couldn't get to work if I couldn't even open my front door, so I was planning on enjoying myself being lazy, probably just playing games and watching movies. A day or two in, I must have fallen asleep on my couch. Kinda hard not to with a space heater right next to me. I was jolted awake by a loud thump. Half asleep, I sat up and looked around, wondering what in the hell fell down that might have made that noise. Then I heard more thumping. It was quieter than before, but I could hear it plain as day. Someone was walking around on my roof. At first, I thought it was a squirrel that had jumped down from a tree, but these footsteps sounded heavier. I went upstairs to grab my gun, just in case, but midway up the staircase, the noises stopped. I calmed down a little bit, then went back downstairs for a while. Nestling back into my warm spot on the couch, I quickly fell asleep. When I woke up, I got a snack from the fridge and decided to head up to my room upstairs and hop on the treadmill. 
after choking down the snack, of course. I noticed as I stepped onto the second floor, it was freezing cold. I could feel a breeze. I opened my bedroom door to see the sliding glass door to the balcony, wide open. Worst of all, there were tracks in my room. Huge tracks from a clawed animal. It looked like there were four toes and paw pads. Now that I was actually paying attention, I could see the tracks enter the hallway and onto the staircase. At this point, they had completely melted away. I stood there at the top of the staircase, wondering what the hell was inside my house. I was wondering and hoping that it wasn't still there. I ran back to my room, grabbed my gun and locked the door. I started to shut and lock the glass door, but the thought of possibly trapping myself inside with a wild animal scared the hell out of me. I kept it open. For an hour, I just sit on the edge of my bed, hoping that it really was just a big-ass squirrel that got curious and wandered inside. Eventually, the sun set and night fell. Nothing happened. I got up and walked over to the balcony. It was way too cold to keep it open any longer. Before I shut it, though, I stepped out and looked over the railing. I don't know why I did, but what I saw below me I will never forget. There was something walking around by my house. It stood over the top of my windows, which had to have been seven or eight feet tall. It walked quietly, like it was looking for something. It would stop at the windows as if it was peering inside. The light was still on from my living room, and I can make out the details of its face. It was covered in scruffy fur like a mangy dog, and it even had the snout of one. Just looking at the thing scared the fuck out of me. I had my rifle on me, but I was not about to accidentally miss and get that thing's attention. So I just stood there, freezing and watching. The creature had continued to stalk around that side of the house, leaving deep tracks in the snow that perfectly matched the ones I had seen in my house earlier. Then it started clawing on the walls. It was louder than I would have expected. After a few minutes of this, it turned toward the forest and walked off. I was relieved and fucking terrified at the same time. At least the fucking thing was gone. I stepped back inside and was about to shut the sliding glass door when something pushed me hard. It was from behind me. I fell in the snow on the balcony and turned toward my attacker as fast as I possibly could. Another one of those things was on the ground. It wrestled with its long, gangly limbs to stand up, and once it did, it charged toward me. It leapt over me and over the balcony railing. I stood up fast and looked below. The damn thing was tossing its legs around again, trying to get back up after its fall. It then got up and ran blindingly fast back into the woods. Holy shit. I ran inside and locked the doors. I turned on every light and shut every curtain. Fuck that. I didn't want to see another one of those damned things. I don't know if they were simply looking for a place to get warm or if they were hungry, but I'm lucky to be alive. What scares me the most is the fact that I went back to sleep after having that thing enter my house. I slept, unconscious, out in the open, while a colossal, werewolf-looking creature walked around my home, probably starving. How close did it get to me that night? Number 5. Nearly Bitten by a Werewolf Submitted by Essence Child Ever since this event, I've been pretty paranoid. I don't like my feet to be uncovered in bed. 
and I hate going barefoot. In fact, I can't seem to stop thinking about something grabbing or biting my ankles when they're exposed. Maybe I feel that I'm most vulnerable there physically, that I can't run fast enough from something that might chase after me. So, let me tell you why I'm so shaken. A few years ago, the year was 2011, I lived in a scarcely wooded area in southern Michigan. We weren't too far from civilization, but we were far enough that we had plenty of privacy. Plus, it was always quiet. We had lived at the place since I was born. It was my childhood home. All my memories come from that small house. I didn't mind the dilapidated wood or creepy nights. My siblings and I had a lot of fun playing hide-and-seek, tag, or simply pretending to fight off trolls and dragons. A nerd in training, I'm sure. One weekend, I believe it was a Saturday night, my parents invited friends over. They would do this sometimes. They would barbecue ribs and pork tenderloins. They would drink with friends from work. It was fun. It never really got too wild. But it always meant that none of us were getting much sleep that night. They were loud, and I was too much of a light sleeper, so I could have either stayed in bed and tried to go to sleep, or stay up with them. I decided I would take my two little brothers out to the nearby woods for a game of hide-and-seek. Now, these woods are very thin, and we had grown up in them. We didn't think it was too spooky or strange to be running around and playing hide-and-seek in the woods at dark. I decided to be it. I loved hiding and seeking, but those other two always threw a fit when either of them had to seek first. I didn't mind. I nestled my arms and head into a tree and started counting out loud. The sound of my parents' gathering still audible in the distance. I could hear those two running around, trying to decide where to go. Eventually, their footsteps faded away and they found their places. After 30 anxious seconds, I turned to the darkness of the forest and scanned my surroundings. My heart sank. I guess I hadn't realized it while my eyes were closed. But I was alone now, in the dark, in the middle of the woods. Or maybe I was just getting a little spooked because my parents' noise had died down a bit. I swallowed hard, determined to find my brothers as soon as possible. We might just have to cut this game short. The first spot to check that came to my mind was the old shack about five minutes out. I knew that's where one of them had to be. The shack had always been off-limits, and making it off-limits seemed to make them think it was the best possible spot to hide in. I was hesitant to walk further away from the house, but the sooner I found those boys, the sooner we could go home. After a few minutes of walking, I came upon the old shack. It was run down and decades old. The wood was falling apart in places, and animals had made their marks on it, whether it was with claws or horns. Jason, I called. You never know when you can get them to giggle or accidentally call back and give away their position. There was no response. I smiled and stepped closer very quietly. Again, I called, Jason. Suddenly, his pale face appeared through a hole in the wood wall. His eyes were darting all over the place. Finally, he stared at me and waved for me to get inside. Found you, I laughed. Shh, he shushed me. Get in here. I gave him a confused look. Why? Come on out. I found you. He whispered loudly at me again. Just get in here. I rolled my eyes and walked inside. The moment I stepped through the doorway, he pulled me inside and shut the door. Then he shoved an old 2x4 against the door latch. What's your problem? I found myself whispering too. He put a finger to his lips to quiet me and pointed out of the hole he had just been speaking through. 
confused and irritated, I got up on my knees and peeked through the large hole. Immediately, I fell back and kicked myself away from the wall. I covered my mouth, otherwise it would have let out the loudest scream. When I looked through that hole, standing exactly where I had been standing only seconds ago, a creature at least six feet tall stood, staring in through the hole right at me. It had an arm stretched out against a tree, as if it was holding itself up. The thing was covered in fur that got thicker the further up towards its head it got. Its face reminded me of both a person and a bear. I found myself hoping that it was just a bear standing up, that we had just found ourselves face to face with something natural. I found myself crawling back to get another look. My curiosity took hold. I had to be sure of what I was seeing. But the moment my face shone through that opening, all I could see were dozens of teeth before I jumped back again. That thing had snapped at me. It then began to sniff the wall. I could hear it huffing the air. My brother quickly shifted over next to me and we held on to each other. I began to panic. My other brother, Joey, was still out there. I had no idea where he was hiding. I prayed that he was okay. I could see the silhouette of this animal as it walked around the shack. Every so often, it would claw at the thin, worn boards. Tears fell from my face. At that point, I think both of us were crying. We waited there for at least an hour before the sounds were gone. Whatever was out there had left, but we continued to wait. We waited until familiar voices shouted for us. Our parents and their friends had come to look for us. I was so happy, but too afraid to move. My body kept me from getting up and going outside to meet them. Eventually, though, my father kicked the shack's door open with ease and my brother and I ran into his arms crying louder than ever. As I opened my watery eyes and looked around, I saw Joey standing with my mother. It looked as if he had been crying too. At the moment, I thought he was afraid he'd never see us again. It wasn't until later that month, when we weren't too afraid to sleep in our own rooms again, that Joey told me he was crying. He said he had hidden under some brush not too far from where I had been counting. He watched as I finished counting and walked off toward the shack. He said only a few seconds after I began walking, he saw something tall, something covered in gray fur walking slowly behind me, walking on two legs like a person. When the full moon is high and the night seems too quiet, beware the gaps in your window shades, beware the unlocked doors, and beware being in the woods alone. No matter how quiet it is, there are creatures who could be inches away from you. Creatures who may just be starving. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. Have a story of your own? Submit it at darknessprevails.org submit. We may just narrate it. Now, it's time for our first discussion question. Which movie monster or real-life cryptid scares you the most? For me, it really is werewolves. Werewolf movies have always been my favorite horror films, and as a now 22-year-old man, I often have nightmares of them still. You better shoot me now if a werewolf breaks into my house. Sheesh. Well, that's it for tonight. I hope you survived it unscathed. There are things just outside our doors, and sometimes there are things far worse in the very same room with you. 
For hundreds more stories and to hear new uploads the same day they're released, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash darknessprevailsbd. If you have a story of your own, share it with us at darknessprevails.org slash submit. And you might even hear it on this podcast and on our channel. Until next time, goodbye, Night Watchers.